The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. My goodness, this is why we love the sport of boxing. Anything can happen. It is truly the theater of the unexpected, and the unexpected did happen. And historic June 1st, 2019, as Anthony Joshua's reign as unified heavyweight champion for the last couple of years for now is over after Andy Ruiz, an American, lightly regarded contender, stunned him with a seventh round TKO inside the most famed arena in all of sports. And we're here to talk about it on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Welcome in wherever you found us. Thank you for doing so. I know it's a Sunday, but man, when something like this happens, we got to come your way with a post-fight recap, and I got to bring in my guys. Uh, so, so right away, I'm bringing in the lead writer, the guy in charge of the website, BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise Johns, is back with me to try to decipher just what in the name uh, of uh, of Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, and all the greats that have stepped through the ring ropes, Rocky Marciano, Joe Lewis at Madison Square Garden. What what in the world happened here on Saturday night where Ruiz pulled this upset? So Marquise, good morning. At the time we're talking, what happened and how did it happen? Good morning, TJ. And my jaw is still slowly being picked <laughs> up off the floor after what we witnessed last night. Between it's not Anthony in Joshua as bad a shape as, as Joshua's jaw, but it's in bad shape. And my jaw is still uh, figuratively draping, too. Yes. The mouthpiece is still there, but my goodness, that was incredible last night. That fight reminds me why we love boxing so much, because as you say all the time, anything can happen, and it only takes one punch, and Andy Louise had four of them to knock him down <laughs> last night. Uh, so as this unfolded, you and I were in communication. It, it was a shock that A... Uh, Joshua knocks Ruiz down, for those that have not seen the fight. The the fight was slow for the first couple of rounds at the Garden. Of course, a big pro-Joshua crowd, a lot of British fans. Fight slow for the first couple of rounds. Then Joshua scored the big knockdown. A thunderous left hook was the finishing punch. And you're thinking, at least I was thinking, Marquise, this is going to be over now. This is going to be over quick, right? Continue. Yeah, while we we were going to be over, he wasn't going to get back up. But Ruiz got back up and came back with a vengeance. And he scored with a big right hand and then a barrage of punches that sent Joshua eventually stumbling onto all fours. And uh, and even in that moment, I'm, I'm thinking, OK, he's going to get up. He's going to recruit. He's going to regroup. He's the better fighter. He's the more tested fighter. You know, look. There have been numerous fighters throughout even even recent boxing history to get knocked down, to get stunned, and they still come back. But this continued for the rest of the third round, and it was it was almost surreal is the word that I would use. How would you describe as the fight continued to unfold and Ruiz is still standing in front of throwing big punches at Anthony Joshua, who couldn't do anything to get him out of there, couldn't get Ruiz out of there? From what I saw, TJ, once Joshua got back up after that first knockdown, he didn't look, look like the same fighter we saw in other fights. And from there, it's like he wasn't physically there to, to continue fighting against Louise, and Louise right. kept taking it to him. And the one thing that I was wondering about the fight, like the complete, whatever Joshua was doing in the first two rounds, which, let's be honest, it wasn't exactly the most exciting championship boxing in the world. He went away from that, and Louise got inside. Once Louise was able to get back inside, that, that changed the entire fight. And then 
Once he got back up out the third round, the bell, I thought, personally, saved him at the end of the third round after that second knockdown. Yeah, it was, it was very close, I thought, to be stopped. And we'll get to the referee later on in this conversation. But I thought it was close to being stopped in the third round. Uh, but the referee, Michael Griffin of, of Canada, who's worked some world title fights, he let the fight continue, let the bell sound. And Joshua took the 60 seconds, as Ruiz did, and, and he seemed to regroup some at, at that point. Um, and, and then, eventually, we got to the seventh round, and it was the same thing. Joshua was waiting, or uh, Ruiz was waiting for his spot, and once again tagged him with a big right, with a follow-up left a little later. And it was it was rubbery legs, almost on roller skates, as I like to say, again. And then it almost became inevitable that this is going to be over with. Hard to fathom is the way I would describe it. I keep using adjectives. How would you describe your reaction watching it all crumble in that seventh round? You were just watching in that moment, realistically, TJ, one of the greatest upsets I've seen in recent memory because this was not supposed to happen. Andy Louise, from a well-background noted, was took this fight on short notice, replaced Jarrell Miller, and then from there we got him going from a replacement fight, TJ, to world title champion? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's why we love boxing. It's uh, it's hard to fathom. All right, uh, plug here. We're going to talk with David Payne from over in the UK. It is Sunday afternoon at the time that we're taping in the UK. David, by the way, uh, is attending the movies with his family. They're not in mourning. They're Marquise. They're not in the churches in the in the cathedrals mourning <laughs> Anthony Joshua. So he's out at the movies at the cinema, as he calls it. But he's going to spend a few minutes with me putting this loss in perspective because, again, this guy is the hero of British boxing. He has dominated the heavyweight division in Europe uh, for really the last four or five years. He's won several world title fights in England. First time to fight in the U.S. for Anthony Joshua at 22-0, and he is beaten by, and isn't this fair to say, Marquise, by a guy that's not a world-class fighter, I, 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 that's not an insult, it's the truth. A guy that is essentially an American contender who has won a couple of fights of significance, lost a significant fight for his one loss, but this is in no way a, a world-class pedigree, world-class resume fighter. Fair? Accurate, Marquise? Absolutely, and if you saw the weigh-in of these two standing toe-to-toe from each other, you were seeing uh, posts up. Uh, Wayne fights the pictures and the memes of the, of the statue of Angel Louise looking like, oh, who's this guy? It looked like fresh off the street. Like, all right. So, and that with Joshua being, who looked like a totally different fight from what I've seen before. I saw him in the Parker fight. He looked pretty good. When he dropped Hovekin, he looked good. This one, he just looked like a totally different animal once he got dropped in the third round. And Well, and in the Pavetkin fight, to reference that, I'm going to talk about it with David Payne. He did get hurt in the first round and not get knocked out. And the measure, again, is what happens when you get wobbled. Can you come back? Can you fire back? We saw that with Wilder against Ortiz last year, last March of 2018. He got wobbled in the seventh round. Bell probably saved him from a knockdown or maybe worse. But then he rallied and he scored the knockout. And shockingly, Anthony Joshua couldn't regroup with time to regroup. Um, One more before we get to the David Payne conversation. Do you buy into one of the things that's being talked about, and we don't have all the information right now, is that initial bomb right hand or that barrage of punches in the third round may have concussed Anthony Joshua, not making excuses, but may have knocked him loopy permanently for the rest of the night and it was inevitable after that what we saw in the seventh round. 
We may find out later for sure that that's what happened, but but maybe that is what happened. That that initial big bomb right hand, there's a couple of great photos of it out there, concussed him to the point that he was no longer the same guy physically and mentally trying to stand in front of Ruiz, Marquise. I, you know what, TJ? Looking into it, it makes sense, but we're always going to use that as a cop-out for excuses every time a person gets knocked down and hits their head on the mat. So... I just think he just wasn't ready for this fight, and he was not expecting the power that Ruiz has brought to him on the inside. Overconfident? Not knowing enough about your opponent? Where do you gauge it for, for I Joshua? Just think from what I was looking at, from watching the specials, because they did the whole special leading up to this fight, the 40 days of Ruiz Joshua, where they had pretty much Joshua just hanging out in the States, enjoying the American sites, working out in Miami out of all places, TJ. It didn't seem like he may have not as much as focus as they're going to. What's, what's going to come down to is they're going to say that Joshua did not have as much focus or put in as much effort and work into this fight as he should have, and it showed in the ring Saturday night. That is the voice of Marquise Johns. You can follow him at Weak Sauce Radio. Great Twitter handle. Love his Twitter handle. Tweets all about boxing, writes all about it on BigFightWeekend.com as the lead writer. Uh, he's got stories up, his recap up, and some other historical perspectives. You need to keep reading the site throughout Sunday and Monday on what was a monumental upset, as big an upset as they've had in the heavyweight division in the last 10 years, maybe even longer. Probably we'll, we'll go over a couple of them, Marquise, in a little bit on, on recent ones. I don't think it rises to Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson. I'm going to ask you about that. There's a tease a little bit later on in the show. Uh, so again, keep up with Marquise. Marquise, stand by for me because, again, we're going to pop on with England's David Payne, the boxing writer. Perspective from the U.K., fresh off a disastrous Saturday night for Anthony Joshua, the unbeaten, conquering heavyweight champion of England. Uh, let's go to that conversation as we roll along. It is a special recap here on Big Fight Weekend of Andy Ruiz's seventh-round TKO heavyweight title upset. All right, as advertised, uh, here he is, the boxing writer on a Sunday in London. Uh, is it like you two saying Sunday, bloody Sunday, figuratively? Because Anthony Joshua, the towering, unbeaten, conquering hero in Britain, beaten on Saturday night in the United States. David, I don't know where to begin. Where, where do you want to begin? Because I don't have you for a long time. Where do you want to begin? Well, let's start with uh, let's start with Andy Ruiz, shall we? That's where we should do. That's where we should start with the victor. What an amazing performance he gave! Absolutely phenomenal. Offered far more than we ever we expected he could, and proved that perhaps Joshua isn't quite everything that we thought he was. But uh, it was a fantastic performance, um, and, and and not lucky, not a lucky shot. He thoroughly outboxed him. Fast hands, good technique, great judgment of distance. Yeah, fabulous performance from Ruiz um, and shocked the world, as the old old phrase goes. And uh, here we are with a, a whole new landscape to look on on, uh, on a Sunday morning, which none of us expected. There were there were one or two uh, there were one or two willing to put the name to a Ruiz prediction. I think just on the on the hope they might fluke it and look like they're wise and clever. But um, universally, this wasn't expected even to be competitive really so phenomenal phenomenal where, where to begin but for me the Ruiz performance is where to begin no doubt uh, that, that we, should, we should give credit there no doubt it should it should begin there but the larger bigger uh <laughs> question is how 
How did Anthony yeah. – was he over – you've written about this on your site, and we, we're putting it back up on BigFightWeekend.com, by the way. Big big plug here. Was it overconfidence? Was it unawareness of, of Ruiz tactically? Did he not train enough? Is he too muscle-bound? What's the combination of all of this? How did it happen on the Joshua end? What's your educated analysis? I think – what tends to be in these occasions is it, it's never the one thing, is it? Um, you have to you have to look at the boxing match that took place. Whatever preceded it, preceded. But then that, from the boxing point of view, Ruiz just had more knowledge of how to move around the ring, more knowledge of how to avoid shots, more knowledge of how to put combinations together, tease Joshua forward and counter him. There was a skill level thing, but there are some there is some substance in some of the elements you're pointing to. I think. He's messed around with his weight a little bit too much. He's become a bit too statuesque. It's something that happened to Bruno as he went through his career, which is probably a comparison that Joshua never expected to to have to field. But it became stiffer, more uh, cumbersome. Um, He's been out of the ring a long time, seven, eight months. It's a longer break this time for one reason or another. Um, And I think there is a little bit of arrogance. Um, He's very humble in defeat, very dignified in defeat, I thought. Um, Great credit to him for that. But... There's got to be an element of arrogance in there somewhere that they didn't anticipate that Ruiz would be much trouble. And when he did hurt him and put him down, he jumped in um, and got himself caught. And I, know, I don't think he ever recovered from that third round. So I think there is something in the preamble to this fight, in the fact that it wasn't in April at Wembley, that it wasn't Miller, that the pressure of the American debut, I think there's lots of that. And I just, uh, yeah, it's all come together to give us this shock that's... Uh, still reverberating and we're still digesting what it actually means for the bigger picture aren't we sure a couple moments left with the boxing writer david payne he's at the boxing writer on twitter full disclosure david is trying to spend a sunday with his family and he is gracious to give me a couple of minutes on a recap podcast of andy ruiz's seventh round tko win over anthony joshua handing the uh, the british three heavyweight title holding champion his first professional defeat the word i used was exposed i mean i've seen joshua fight 10 times i saw him get hurt by by klitschko he valiantly came back and won that he got hurt early by pavetkin last fall with a left hook in the first round he got hurt in this one had no answers and that said and this was not a world-class fighter and you know this david i'm not preaching at you this was not a world-class fighter he was fighting he got hurt he had no answers to me that says uh anthony joshua was not the champ we thought does not have the chin to be and if somebody like deontay wilder is in there and hit him like ruiz hit him in the third round he would have been laying on his back in my opinion like dominique brazil it would have been over uh, to me, it was exposed. Uh, your thoughts on on my diatribe and what I've written about? I think um, I can understand the argument. I don't think it's quite that black and white. Um, the styles make fights. Things comes into it. Um, while there is a different type of fighter to Ruiz, you're right. Ruiz, we, we wouldn't regard as a world class, a world class heavyweight, um, but he does things different. And Joshua didn't have answers. There's no doubt about that. The exposed thing, it certainly exposed flaws in his game. It exposed that he, he didn't know what to do when he was in trouble. And much like Bruno and to a lesser extent Kenny Norton back in the day, um, when they were hit hard, they, they folded um, and he didn't know what to do. He didn't, he, he didn't know how to cling on, to buy time. He, the, the instruction from his corner seemed perfectly apt, you know, get behind the jab, one, you know, one, one double jab 
crossed, keep it simple, keep it range. But he didn't seem able to listen. He didn't seem able to implement that. It's very simple instruction. So there's definitely some gaps in his makeup. Uh, and whether he can ever fill in those gaps, uh, I'm not sure. Whether he'll always have those flaws, which will make for lots of fun fights if he wants them. Um, but he's certainly not the invincible, yep. uh, unbeatable creature that we've had painted to us for the last two or three years. That, that, that he's certainly uh, he's certainly got some holes in his game, unquestionably. I, I know you've got to go. I, this is not Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson because Anthony Joshua was not Mike Tyson. That's my opinion. Is this second behind that in terms of monumental upsets, at least in the, in the heavyweight division in the last 40, 50 years, maybe going back to Clay beating Liston? Where does this rank? Real quick. Um. I, yeah, I don't think it's quite it's quite up there with Tyson and Douglas. Um, I don't think um, for all his knockout performances and amazing crowds, etc., I don't think Joshua's quite had the the the, the aura that Tyson had and the the, the record of demol- demolishing people that Tyson had in the way that he did it. So that there is a difference there, but it's it's certainly in that conversation. This is something we'll point back to in 20, 30, 50 years time if we're still around to talk about it. <laughs> well, We'll be putting it up in that in in that mix of of fights. What about when Joshua got beat? You could point maybe to Klitschko Sanders, something not dissimilar. I think there's the scope for Joshua to rebuild and come back, get behind the jab and box well again and win titles again. But Sanders, with his fast hands and his flabby physique, showed that if you can box, it doesn't necessarily matter what you look like. If you've got an asset like fast hands and you weigh 240 plus pounds, you can do anyone damage and so I'd put it up there with that, which is just outside that kind of Tyson level or Ali and, uh, or sorry, Clay and Liston, but it's it's certainly in the Klitschko, uh, Brewster, Klitschko, Saunders, Sanders, sorry, kind of area. So, yeah, um, um, incredible, incredible and, and quite refreshing in a perverse sort of way because it shakes everything up. We've got Fury and Wilder announced again, which is good. Um, great fight for the spring next year and now we've got Joshua on a comeback path I don't think they'll put him in with anyone dangerous but it's going to be fun trying to see him put the pieces back together No doubt, I know you've got to go again, read this man at the Boxing Writers website, boxingwriter.co.uk The man has a column out on Sunday that references Star Wars, the Mamas and the Papas and Game of Thrones (laughs) all around this fight, I am tipping my hat figuratively for for that Go enjoy the, uh, the cinema And we'll continue to talk about the aftermath of Andy Ruiz's win. Thank you, David Payne. It's always my pleasure, TJ. I hope the music wasn't a distraction. Take take care. So there we go. David Payne's thoughts on this. Marquise John's back with me. Bigfightweekend.com. Lead writer, the man that's in charge of the site. Uh, I'm I'm with David Payne in, in one regard here. You do have to credit Andy Ruiz. All right, let me put it to you like I just put it to him. Does this belong on the same plane or conversation with Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson, why or why not? What say you, Marquise? I don't know if it's as big as Doug- Douglas Tyson, but I do have it along the lines of Lewis Hasim Rachman, where it was just that one punch that go. Rachman got on Lewis and that dropped Lewis in regards to that fight. I do want to mention with people comparing it to Lewis and Rachman, because people, we are bearing Joshua's maybe a little bit per se, because he didn't look very good last night, TJ, let's be honest. He, Lewis, in that fight against Rockman, did come back and avenge his, his loss with a rematch of Rockman and knocked him out as well to eventually a Hall of Fame career, as we all well and know. So, well, that's right. that's the, so this isn't the end of the world for Anthony Joshua, but man, at this day and time and moment, he looked really, 
really expose. You got to live in the moment. It's a good point. And and again, I, I continue to make this point. I wrote about it. Um, I'm trying to, to minimize I and me, but I wrote about Mike Tyson was 37 and 0 in February of 1990 in Tokyo. 34 knockouts, 10 world title fight wins. The last eight of those as unified champion were all knockouts, knocking out guys like Larry Holmes, Tyrell Biggs, Carl the Truth Williams, Michael Spinks. He he was knocking them all out over and over and over again. This does not, Ruiz's win over Joshua, rise to the same level because Anthony Joshua is not and he will never be Mike Tyson. So that it does not rise to that level. Uh, the David Payne reference to Corey Saunders, kind of not the not the Hollywood bodybuilding uh, style body of a heavyweight champ, but he stunned no. Klitschko nonetheless and and scored the TKO. So that's kind of a similar reference in modern boxing history. We got a couple of minutes left. There's so much talk and debate after this is over. Will it be an immediate rematch? David Payne was saying he's not sure, if I understood him correctly, if it would be an immediate rematch on Joshua's side. Interestingly, Marquise, Ruiz belongs to premier boxing champions who also promotes Deontay Wilder. What do you make of what might happen next with a rematch with Ruiz, and he he's now a player, figuratively, in the heavyweight championship realm and for the big fights. What do you make of all of this just after last night and what might happen in the future? Eddie Herm claims there's an immediate rematch set up for it, supposedly in 2020, but I'm with you and you, uh, David as well, TJ, where I don't think it's going to be an immediate rematch knowing how negotiations between a matchroom and premier boxing champions have gone for Wilder Joshua and how that fight essentially has been delayed and, and put on hiatus till forever now right i i wonder with we's having the belt now who will he face next in the string of heavyweights does he face any one of the, the future mandatories does he does he face uh by chance pull up because pulls with the ibf and he's due up to, to uh to have his order set up for the in, in the chain, next chain of events for these because he has all three belts for the wba wbo and ibf i'm looking forward to see if this eventually sets up for wilder louise uh-huh. in 2020 and, and amazingly, we haven't talked about it on this podcast. What do we make of the timing that not only does Wilder announce Ortiz is next this fall, and you can read Marquise's thoughts. He's kind of anti that fight. Wilder-Ortiz, the rematch. But then Wilder and Tyson Fury, PBC and Top Rank, announce on the Friday before Joshua's big night and big debut, oh, by the way, we're going to go ahead and fight. We're going to go ahead and work it out. We're going to go ahead and fight in 2020. That's, that's odd timing to me. I understand kind of when they're doing it, but maybe now Ruiz has messed up the possible. I mean, I can't believe anything's signed. Maybe Ruiz has messed up the uh, the Wilder Fury because Al Heyman and PBC control Andy Ruiz, and so now this is an easier fight to make with Deontay Wilder if they want to. I I, I don't know. And uh, look, it, hey, one quick one. If I'm Andy Ruiz, I don't I don't just and his handlers, I don't just acquiesce to going to England and fight. I don't care if it's even in the contract. I'm in the ch- I'm the champion now, and so I, I don't want to go fight in England. Go fight in California. Go fight some. I don't. I don't want to go fight. I'm the champ now. I don't want to go fight him in England. I'll fight in the yeah, United he, States. What do you make of that? Absolutely, TJ, because he's the A side now. He won. Like, why would you uh, fall for the old? Well, I won, and I'm just gonna bring my title on the road to win. No, for the rematch. No, he's got to play somewhere in San Francisco or L.A. or <laughs> Mexico City. Las he's, Vegas. 
Las Vegas. Like, and look, it's not unprecedented. I'll give you a little historical perspective to everybody on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. When Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson, there was an automatic rematch clause, and Douglas did not want to be managed by Don King. Uh, in those days, there were not the federal regulations in the United States that the promoter oh, cannot be your manager. And so Douglas actually went to federal court and got the contract broken that Don King could not order him to a rematch. And that's how Douglas suddenly fought Evander Holyfield uh, either later that year or whenever it was. I'm groggy on a Sunday morning or early 1991. That's how, that's how that happened. And and Holyfield scored the knockout, and the rest is history on Buster Douglas never rematching Mike Tyson and never fighting for the heavyweight title again is because they went to court to break the contract. I'm not suggesting that that's going to happen here, but if I'm Andy Ruiz, I know this is just after the fight Saturday night, I'm not anxious to go fight him again this fall or next spring in England no matter what the contract says. I am the champ now. So let's, uh, let's see uh, how that part plays out. Marquis, final thoughts. On what we saw with Ruiz, there's no question it's a historic, stunning upset that's got boxing buzzing and the sports the sports world in the United States is going to be buzzing all of Sunday and the rest of this weekend, too. What are your final thoughts? It puts Andy Ruiz on the top three of heavyweights and puts Anthony Joshua back to the back of the pack at this point. And he's going to rebound and find his way back up to the top again. So he has to go down a whole different path and re- uh, having a, uh, the rematch path of fighting more likely Dylan White. Or Oscar Rivas, however that turns out, or pretty much he's sitting on the sidelines waiting to see how the Fury thing best, falls out. He, best guess from you: Do Ruiz and Joshua fight later this year? Do you think that will happen later this year somewhere? I do not think that's happening at any point this year. I think I think Ruiz is and PBC is going to play keep away with this belt because now they have all four heavyweight championship belts, <laughs> and as you know, they run the division with heavyweight titles, and that's what makes these fights. So I I expect some shenanigans and. A lot of bickering and USA chance from the other side of the pond. What an upset. What an upset. And again, we'll be talking about this fight for a long time. Andy Ruiz stunning the seemingly unbreakable, unbeatable Anthony Joshua with a seventh round TKO. And we've been recapping it on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Marquise Johns, thank you for hopping on on Sunday on short notice. This fight was worth it. I know you agree with me. And we encourage everybody to keep writing. Uh, keep reading BigFightWeekend.com, where you're writing. Follow you on Twitter at Radio. Marquise, thank you. What a night. Thank you, TJ. This has been a good one, and fight of the year already, easily, without a question. Oh, how about that? David Payne also thanks you. Thank you to the boxing writer, David Payne. Go read his site, BoxingWriter.co.uk. Great column that he's up. We're going to link to that off the BigFightWeekend.com website as well. Uh, as uh, he has, again, woven in Star Wars, the Mamas and the Papas, and Game of Thrones to the, to the, Reeves, to the Ruiz upset of, uh, of Anthony Joshua. It was quite a night, and David was writing in the middle of the night, delirious in, in England, but great stuff there. Marquise, thank you, and we thank you for being with us. However you found us, subscribe to the Big Fight Weekend Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, and through Red Circle Podcasting. Andy Ruiz is the champ. I'm still stunned to even utter those words. He scored the seventh round TKO, and you've been listening to all about it here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Bye.